Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com golf, fella. Love collecting things? Time to add Goat Guns Miniature Models. These gun models are one-third to scale and one-tenth the cost of the real thing. These little bad boys are 4 to 11 inches in length and weigh up to one full pound. Build, collect, and customize your Goat Guns collection with attachments. Build your dream collection at GoatGuns.com. Welcome back to a fresh episode of Missing Curfew Up Dog, my man, still in the Sunshine State, still kicking. Look at you. How you doing? I I'm can't hurting. get enough of this, fella. I cannot get enough of this. I'm still in <laughs> West Palm Beach. I uh, missed you already. It was a great weekend, um, followed up by a great Monday. But uh, it's nice to get back. How was the flight back, fella? Was it uh, was it everything you hoped for? A nice little day bed, little cocktail. Oh, no day, what was that like? No, no day bed. And then I sat down on my aisle seat and these two guys were like, uh, uh, hey, do you mind sitting on, uh, you know, we want to travel together. You mind, you know, taking a window seat? And I was like, fuck boys. Like, I'm like, all right, so I take, take the window seat, go back, sit beside. It was a beautiful girl I got to sit beside. She was wearing a mask and had a fucking wedding ring bigger than my fucking iPhone, bigger than my Apple watch. But she was like, oh, that was really nice of you. So I was like, oh, that's all right. So then. Uh, I, once I got in the seat, I fell right asleep up dog. I was, I was done by the fellow tour. I left it all out there. As did you, the party that you put together for the boys on Saturday night, uh, at hall pass media. What a national league setup that was. That uh, was great. Thank you. I, I, I wouldn't have done it without you. Uh, would, wouldn't have been able to do it without, uh, the help of Max and Al, um, and Labatt blue, our new sponsor. We have to, you know, shout out to them for the 40 cases Labatt light that i mean got thrown back well what, what do you call it when you drink 20 cases of beer at a at a party of say 80 people a good old called, a, a good old-fashioned piss up is what you call a, it. a good old-fashioned <laughs> booze fest yeah it was um, great uh, yeah still a great point by you up perfect. shout out to our new part our new friends at labat and every like ex-player that came in or people as soon as they saw labat blue lights they, they were like fuck it right labat blue lights i haven't had these in forever this is great so um they were sliding down everyone was enjoying them we're putting them back on the map not We're that they fell off the map, but down here, in, you know, in California, especially our boy, PJ McKegg, who uh, was with us over the weekend, he missed the party, unfortunately, would love to have him. Uh, he said that's the one beer he can't find in California that he loves. So when he gets his hands on them, they go sliding. I know. He's uh, like, hey, boys, can you ship a few to the house for me? Can you ship a few? <laughs> I, was, I yeah, think we can take care I'm of sure that. We can. I'm sure we can. But uh, you know what? Shout out to my boy, JD, for helping get the DJ. The DJ was great. Um, bartenders were awesome. And uh, to our Airbnb owners who did not shut the party down on us, thank you. Because I had to pay a few people off, uh, the security <laughs> guard being one. 
And then the neighbor, Jim, across the street, he wasn't too happy when he started to hear the the Rufus del Sol getting pounded on the on the speakers at about 10 p.m. How can you not uh, like, so how can go, you not like Rufus del Sol? Listen, I offered to pay him off too, but he was like, I don't need I don't need any money. I go, well, are you a hockey fan? Because I got, you know, we're throwing a little all-star party over here for the fellas. And he said, yeah, I am. He's like, what, what time are you going till? I said, I don't know, bud. Hopefully till pretty early in the morning. We'll see. I said, no, we're kidding. We'll probably be around midnight, 1 a.m. 1 and he was, uh, I mean, he was just a good old-fashioned neighbor that just enjoyed, you know, the boys having fun. So it was good. I'll tell you what. It was a, it was a professional party. It was, it was fun, respectable. <laughs> A lot of laughs, but the music wasn't loud. People weren't. It was just. It was a gathering. It was a National League missing curfew, sponsored by DraftKings and Labatt gathering. And guys came in and out. Yeah. You know what was great about the pad is that that driveway had like a gate that we just left open, and people just come in and out. Hey, former teammates. You know, some media people. It was. It was great. And the banners that Hall Pass Media did for us that we put up around the houses looked so good. The music was perfect. Not too loud. I don't care what Jimbo says. I, I would have went over and knocked on Jimbo's door if he had a big problem with it. Wasn't too loud. Um, I was very proud to be part of Mr. Curfew at that party. Uh, I was drinking Labatt Blue, and then I just I start the, the old fashions. They start slide, and then story time. <laughs> story time with Ohms came out. People were probably like, "Shut the fuck up!" I was telling Quincy, Bugsy Malone the same stories. Like I was just so happy. <laughs> no, it was great, and uh, you know, to, to all the people that showed up and and partaked in. Um, in our weekend that we put together, which kicked off our fella tour for the 2023 season. It was, uh, it was awesome. So we hope to get back out there soon and uh, parlay the next event to make it bigger and better than this one was uh, this weekend. So yeah, shout out to our neighbor, uh, Nick from Chicago, firefighter from Chicago. We first moved in there. Uh, the one house beside us looked like it was like right out of Pablo Escobar from fucking <laughs> Columbia back in the day. I went, I went around that house looking for a merchandise up dog. I'm like, fuck, I'm in Florida. I better get off this guy's property here. This, I could end up getting fucking pegged. And then the guys beside us, there was a bunch of dudes. You and a hall went over and talked to them early and early to set the tone. And I talked to Nick after uh, a firefighter from Chicago, a uh, friend, a fan of missing curfew, but just a good, you know, we've talked about Chicago a lot, me and you, right? When the, when the Tavern on Rush closed down and, you know, we've both been back to the city and it's, it's not what we once thought it was, but to talk to a good firefighter like Nick, uh, I don't know, made me feel good. Chi-Town, baby. Yeah, Chi-Town. It was, uh, we told him we had a moment of silence for Rush on Tavern when they shut her down, which is, a, <laughs> you know, it's been a staple for a lot of guys, a lot of veteran guys going into Chi-Town. It's one of the best places they like to drop their bags and hit up, so uh all in all buddy that party was was a was a killer we got up the next day cleaned her up and you and i got ready to uh to head a little north for some golf which was awesome hey one last thing on the was it the tavern on rush or the rush tavern on rush right how, how what was it officially called are we am I? it was called the tavern on rush so chelly I, I went over to maddie's on wednesday you weren't in yet so uh we're gonna get into some maddie kachuk stuff but Chelly came over and Chelly was talking about the Tavern on Rush, the triangle. Remember that's what you call it there, the little triangle? Yeah. Well, yeah, you call it the old Viagra Triangle is what they call it in Chi-Town. Uh, and for, for, for no uh, explanation necessary, if you, under, if you understand yeah, what I yeah, mean. Yeah, totally. And then it was big Walt Kachuk who was fucking great to the boys all weekend. And Walt's like, they're trying to, Chelly's trying to remember what the hotel beside Tavern on Rush is. And it was Sutton Place back in the day. It was and, Sutton Place. Then yeah, it changed, yeah. And, and Walt's like, Charlie's like, remember that place, Walt? And Walt's like, what? The Pancake House? 
Yeah, a fucking <laughs> pair of K coats. I love that place. And I was like, fuck Walt. They had some good flapjacks there, didn't he? He's like, best in the league, best in the league. I was like, what a beauty, man. So, yeah, that original pancake house, man. You you walk in there with that smell in the morning, knowing that you got to go to pregame skate to sweat all the, the you know, well, A, the wine you drank the night before, but then the, the sausage jacks and the, you know, <laughs> the mashed potato. You know, you, you get in there. It was a nice little brekkie spot. It was like that house on that, on that show Up, that Disney movie Up. Like, it's just the one little house in downtown Chicago that will never change because it's the original pancake house. God, I used to love it. And Shelly, man, Shelly looks good. He looks like he can still play. What a tan. Um, Bowley, shout out to our old teammate, David Boland. Took us out golfing to Adios on the Thursday. Uh, what a track. You were right about the showers up, dog. But they're double plane showers. So when you thought you were just in there, the boys could see your horn on the fucking range. They can't see in. They can't see it. They can't see it. Oh, so. damn. I was, that was why I thought they were the best National League showers ever. I just, I'm in there. Hey, boys. Yeah. Hey I'm boys, that's a tough, uh, tough slice you got there. <laughs> I can see it from here, bud. I'm in there fluffing it up just in case one of the boys can see me on the range, eh? So they're not like fucking spreading rumors about O'Brien. And the guy's <laughs> like, I'm like, hey, can the boys see me? He's like, no, no, it's two-way glass. They can't see you out there. I'm like, oh, the up dog used to come in here half hard and take the boys every time. <laughs> you see the wrench on the up dog over there, boys? <laughs> I was probably in there that for that reason because I was having such a good time back in the day. That club is uh Bully, I love you, buddy. It was fun to hang out with Bully. That club is nationally beyond National League. Best bar stools I may have ever seen besides Barney's Beanery in Santa Monica, which we talked about Binger. But those bar stools, we were drinking MJ's tequila up dog. I was what a day. What how do we how do we get those chairs? I know Getsy just sent us some new chairs last week, but how do we get those? We would never leave the studio if we had those. Those chairs would be the the one Getsy got us are great, but those would be yeah, up dog. You'd be just they were they awesome. smell rich too, eh? They got that, that nice leather like mahogany smell. They do smell, smell rich. rich. Speaking of, speaking of rich, um, the way we finished <laughs> off our fellow tour, uh, once again a team guy you are. Uh, we got invited to the Grove with the great 199 and, and Clark MacArthur and EK65, who was the first time I got to hang out with Carlson. Good dude. But man, I'll start off up. So that was my first time hanging out with the great one. And he's a better guy than he is a player. And I know that's crazy to say because he's the greatest player to ever lace it up. I, it was better than I expected. Talking hockey with him, uh, his stories, yeah, smoking stogies with him. And fuck, could he putt? I mean, was he rolling oh, that flat stick? I mean, yeah. he must have made 200 feet of putts, but I texted him afterwards, and I just said, Wayne, thanks, buddy. Um, it was a – I didn't say dream come true because I didn't want to be that big of a super fan, but I was like, it was absolute pleasure uh, talking to Occupy, playing golf, keep that flat stick going. But it was a dream come true, Ups. What a, what a beauty. I know, buddy. Well, listen, I'll tell you this. You deserve it, bud. You work hard every day. You're a national leaguer yourself from Port Hope. <laughs> what did he say when you said you're from Port Hope? He said, he said something. What did he, I don't know what he said. He had a couple of good. Uh, you better, you, you better hope you get out of there or something. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. It was hilarious. Uh, listen, you know, Wayne, I had him as a coach. I was lucky enough to have him as a coach and get to know him there. But um, the guy loves hockey and he gives back to the game in so many different ways. And, and I looked at yesterday, Obes, and at some points looking at your face and how much fun you were having just being able to chat with him, And when he, um, you know, when we brought up the Connor McDavid thing that we had a chat about gets with Getsy with, and I'd let you finish the story there, but uh, you know, Pitter telling you that Connor's scoring all these goals right now. Cause Wayne would have for sure told him like, shoot the puck more Connor. And what that would have <laughs> done to Pitter. If he, when you tell him that Gretz, did you tell him yet? 
I told him today, I was, I, I, I laughed with you. I said, I, I want to tell Peter that he was right, but fuck, I don't want him to drop dead after he hears that. <laughs> He'll be so happy that he might just flop over there. But yeah, he thought that maybe Gretz told him to shoot the puck a little more. And um, you know what was cool about Gretz too is that throughout the round, he told me about situations where he reached out to players and guys that have good games. And he like reaches out to the team and says, hey, fire me, you know, Codger's number or whoever had a good game and Gretz fires him text and says, Hey, great game. Keep it going to me. Up dog. Like he doesn't have to do that kind of stuff as the greatest player in the world. Like to me, like, I don't know. That's just, that's just a touch of class as we would say in golf. Yeah, no, listen, he loves the game. And, and one thing he shares with most people is the history of hockey. And it's a lot of things that get kind of lost as the years go on. And these younger kids continue to come in and, and the generations change and the game evolves and change. He's always able to bring the history and the, the older players that had influence on him and his father, Walt, uh, into like the new age groups, right? Even me, every time I see him, like some, some of the things I learn about the game, I'm shocked that I don't know it. I've been on this planet 39 years loving the game of hockey and Wayne Gretzky they lives and breathes it. And you're right. He doesn't, as the greatest player in the world, he doesn't have to continue to give back like he does, but he does. And you know, I'm, I'm here again. I got a chance to play with him tomorrow again with our boy, Billy Quinn and some guys that, that have purchased a, a charity golf round with him and little things like that, that he does to give back, um, to the game and to the people that love the game and the people that have admired him, uh, is amazing, but there is nothing better than sitting around a breakfast table. And I'll tell you the highlight for me was when I gave those fella hats around to the boys and you and I went back, maybe put a little sunscreen on before we get our you know, a sleeve of golf balls to go to the, you know, the driving range. And we come back and he's, he's got the fella hat on and he just lights up a stogie for the first time and he's smoking <laughs> it inside. And he's like, do you guys need to hit balls? I'm like, well, I don't got any clubs. So no, I'm good. I'll just go to the first tee. And he's like, well, do you want a cigar? Cause you can smoke in here. I'm like, yeah, we'd love a cigar. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's the great, it's the greatest thing in the world that he, he loves the, the greatest, the second greatest game of golf, right? That's the greatest sport too, is the second one is golf. Um, and that we have a chance to spend a day like that with him, And, uh, it just means a lot and it's always a treat. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm just, you guys, I can, you can smoke great in here. I'm not going to hit any balls. I'm going to sit here. Yeah. That's, you can smoke cigars in here. So that's why I sit here. So he comes out, yeah, he's got a cigar thing hat on fella hat on i'm like this this is outrageous and to me how much hockey he watches right he watches night in night out i was talking to him we talked about the physicality of the game um he misses it he, he misses the physicality and when wayne played coming through the eight uh you know the 80s like he did and you know that the physicality of the game then like when the greatest player in the world says yeah our game's great it's fast it's, it's skilled it's this and that but but i miss a hit you know, we're going to talk about the Calgary Rangers game lately from last night, but it made me feel good that, Hey, maybe I'm not a big mix, big meat stick. Sorry. Is if 99 thinks there should be some more hitting in the game too. So I think yeah. it's something the league's got to look at when the greatest player in the world agrees that there's not enough physicality. It was funny. I asked him sitting around, uh, you know, and shout out to Clark MacArthur, who was one of the greatest guys Clark ever. And awesome. I didn't have a chance to play with Clarky, although we're from both from Northern Alberta and we've got to really know each other over the last, you know, but actually, that, screw that. I, I used to hang out with him when we both turned pro, and we were always hanging out in Edmonton. But th that aside, he had us over for a glass of wine, and we started watching the Ranger-Calgary game. And I asked him kind of down the stretch, I said, Wayne, like, you know, how was it as you as you got older, right? Like, what, when did you know it was time? He goes, 
I knew it was time to retire when these guys who could put me right through the wall weren't even hitting me anymore. Like no one wanted to touch me. He's like, I, I felt like, holy shit. He's like, I had to tell Janet, they're not hitting me anymore. I got I got to retire. This isn't even, this isn't even fun. Like they're not even hitting me anymore. So when you say that, like, yes, he enjoyed the physicality of the game. He, he really did. It was, it was, it was part of the game for so long that so many of the great players had to deal with. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that was well said by you, but uh, man, he makes you laugh and he's got just the great, great stories. And um, I'm excited to see him again tomorrow. I'll tell you what, another thing, like, <clears throat> you know, we both took pride, pride of being good team guys. Like the way he talked about his teammates yesterday for the seven, eight hours we got to hang. I got to hang out with him. Fuck. I'm jealous now that I left that you continue to keep on drinking with him. But um, <laughs> man, what a team guy. All about team. Every story that came out of his mouth was about team. Um, and then every putty made, he's like, yeah, fuck. How hard is it to hit the net? And I'm like, it, fuck, Wayne, it was really hard. It was really, he's like, how hard? He goes, how one of the time he makes another putt from like 15 feet right in the heart. He's like, yeah, how big is the net? I'm like, I'm still not sure, Wayne. I'm still yeah. not sure how big the net is. But uh, the, well, way the, best, the way he tells a story too, right? The best part on like hole three, he makes his first putt and someone was like, wow, nice putt. He's like, what? You didn't have a TV where you grew up? Yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't have a TV where you're from? You didn't know I make this in my sleep? Like, what? You didn't You didn't have a TV where you grew up? Oh, so good. The way um, he tells a story, though. Like, yeah. the way he tells a story. Listen, I play with great storytellers. I play with guys that don't have any stories. And I play with guys that shouldn't tell stories. Right? You're just yeah. like, hey, fella, you're not a great storyteller. 99 is the greatest player. The, and, I mean, I'll put him up there. Kevin Connolly is the only other guy I think that maybe tells a story. As good as Wayne Gretzky. Like, all his stories were just perfect. They flowed. I'm like, look at this fucking beauty. Yeah. Yeah, he's the man. He's, he's the man. And last but not least, to keep it, to, to finish up with 99, uh, he stuff, stuffs one in on the par three. What hole was it? 16? Yeah, uh, yes. It was 15. He hits a, just a gorgeous high whatever wedge in there, nine iron. He's sitting in his cart, and the up dog... What's the up dog do? He makes the great one putt of four footer. <laughs> he's like, that's not good. Wayner had to get out of his out of his cart, grab his putter. I'm like, you're making a putt this? He's like, fucking right. So I got impressed. I'm like, it's fucking great. It's 99. He's like, he's putting it. Comes out. Uh, it was, and it just was all kids. mental. It was all mental, eh? Because I ended up getting him two. I, I got him two more times down the stretch. Thank, thank goodness. Because he had me bent over. And I continued <laughs> to press. And I know, I know deep down he's like, this upshaw is going to keep pressing me, isn't he? And I was, I wasn't going down. I was going down swinging Obi if I was going down. What's his handicap? I didn't even ask. I didn't even ask Gretz. What's he played to? I think he's playing. I had to give him. I had to give him four aside. So I, I you know, I'm a. I was a one. I think so he's, he's a nine. Eight. So he's an eight. Yeah, eight or nine, same as me. So I had him. I had him in my singles match. I had him uh, one down, heading to eighteen, and I made fucking six on eighteen, choked. So. That's good, though. I mean, just to say you tied the great one, I'll take that. I didn't want to take his money anyways after, I don't know how many drinks we had out there. How many drinks we had out there. But uh, uh, it was a great day, Updog. Thanks to you. Thanks to Wayne and Clarky. Uh, we'll be right back here at Mr. Curfew. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew, Updog, All-Star Edition. Uh, All-Star Edition, this guy Fox, presented by our good friends at Life Force, promo code. Is curfew and shout out to Life Force, by the way. We had a great time with our boy Steve Zanet in Florida. Proud sponsors of the pod and a lot of exciting stuff coming up with uh with us and Life Force. So just yeah. thought I'd mention that. 
Yeah, good kid. Good kid hung out with us all weekend. Um, yeah, it's it's fun building relationships. And that's what's great about getting on the road, right? And that's what we loved about the road, miss about the road. Uh, get out and hang out with him for the weekend. I feel like I know more about Life Force and, and him personally, obviously. So it was a great uh, fellow tour for Life Force and Steve. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, our boy. I mean, we had a great weekend, but it's safe to say this fucking kid had a little bit of a better one than us. I mean... <laughs> You know, started Wednesday night. Well, actually started, he went to the Bahamas in, uh, to Albany to tee it up with a couple of his teammates. Comes back, has his whole family and friends, his brother playing the game. Uh, has a great weekend and then tops it off with the MVP. Um, couldn't be happier for him. Kid's a beauty. He knows, he's figured it out. Ups. Like He knows what it's like to hang around, you know, games like that because he, he did when he was a kid so he, he absolutely killed it i couldn't be happier to him and i asked him what'd you do with the honda honda pilot they gave it so he gave his honda pilot that he wanted the all-star game to his grandma uh his grandma cried i guess so i mean this kid what a weekend for him brady walt the whole kachuk family maddie kachuk fucks he absolutely does and just to top off uh, a little highlight for me the picture that uh got thrown around the internet the other day of him and brady with Sidney crosby Back yeah. in the day, I think at an all-star game, maybe. Right. And it yeah. was like, it was something really, it was something really cool. So to see that, and then the modern day Sid, the kid with both to Chuck brothers, um, was pretty awesome. And, and just to the family who all stopped by, um, you know, the game for Matt must've been awesome, right? Playing in your hometown, giving back and showing thanks to the, to the city of Fort Lauderdale and sunrise and to Vinnie Viola and the Panthers, uh, they, they did kill it. And what better way to have, you know, Barkoff, Luongo there, you know, all their <laughs> staff and their team staff. And then for Maddie to do what he did in the game, it was just amazing. Yeah. Fucking Dylan Larkin was trying to steal it from him, wasn't he? Larkin was he sure trying was. to I told you that. I said, watch out. This guy's not passing to anybody. He's shooting. He wants to get this. He wants the MVP bad. Maybe he because he's becoming a free agent. I'm like, I don't know what he's doing out there. I guess it maybe is a feather in your cap if you're a free agent, right? You won the All-Star game MVP, but he was definitely trying harder than anyone else. Dylan Larkin, give him the cape. He was out there fucking trying to get that Honda Pilot. Um, but I'm glad they gave it to Maddie. Well said by you. Shout out to our boy, Matt Gell. Uh, We were watching the All-Star game while you were getting the party set up in typical updog fashion. You couldn't sit down. Matt Gell, the former goalie from Boston College, said Linus Allmark's equipment was doing some fucking at the All-Star game, so... Shout out to Allmark. His pads look nasty. Uh, and then last but not least, the Panthers Club. Something that you walked by. You said, oh, before we leave, we got to go to the Panthers Club. The Panthers Club fucks up, dog. The, the smoky sure old fashions. Shout out to Sean Thornton, who we saw in there. That's not a smoky old fashioned up. How nice was that? In the barn. So these guys, and, and I don't know how much we're supposed to tell people about this. It was so private in there. <laughs> it was badass, right? Yeah. They had the nice waitresses. They had the incredible old fashions. They did, you know, they copied basically the monkey bar in New York, which is an old fashioned, um, you know, all time bar for all like the, the money guys in NYC. Right. It's been there forever and it's got monkeys all over the wall. Well, they did it with the Panthers all over the wall and it's got the red benches like an old school Italian steakhouse right out of what Vinny Viola would want to do. Um, I and shout out for how they took care of us in there because we walked around, we got great interviews with the guys. We were, I mean, we're on the bench for warmups. We're, you know, fist pumping Sid the kid. I think he was wondering if he was going to come to our after party or not. 
but uh, it was it was fantastic, buddy. It was it was a well uh, a well planned and well thought out event. Um, you know, the skills comp itself may be different than what the product was for us in that in that club. But uh, I had a blast, buddy. I'm glad I got to do it with you, boys. Yeah, it, it looks sick too. They had like the little rope, like you got like outside of a New York bar, and then the little sign said the Panthers Club. It like a cool little sign, sushi yeah. in there. I mean, they were tossed around beef Wellington. They were doing everything, and then we actually bumped into me and you, Lexi Thompson, who um, is a, uh, a female that plays on the LPGA Tour. Great golfer. Um, I've been a fan of hers for a long time. She's absolutely jacked. She was just like so jacked, and she turned pro. At 15 years old, up dog. Remember we were talking yeah. to her. I'm like, where'd you go to college? Crazy. She's like, I actually turned pro at 15. I was like, what? Yeah. For her to be doing it for that yeah. long, it was cool. To, it was cool to break it down with her and just talk a little golf and to see how long she's actually been out there on tour. Because now she's like, I don't play as much as I used to. I'm like, well, no shit after being out there since you're 15. Yeah, it's wild, and and she's got to be probably 25, 26 now because I was there 10 years ago, and I remember, you know, she was just a local girl, not five minutes up the road from where we were practicing. And our trainer at the time was working with her and helping her kind of, uh, you see how good a shape she's in right now. Um, she, you know, she treats that as you know, puts that in very high regard, how she is, which is probably why she's, uh, as elite as she is, why she hits the ball as far as she is. I wonder how her stats are for driving distance because she looks like she can turn on one. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, exactly. You know, and she was like, yeah, I don't think she's played a couple PGA tours or she's played a couple events with the boys where she plays from the same tee. And I think she, I think she rips out there close to 300 or maybe over 300. She can bomb it. Yeah, no, that was great. That was nice to chat with her. Kind of, I always wanted to meet her because she is a local legend around there and she's done, you know, she's been golfer of the year many, many times. Um, great for the game and great that the Panthers were hosting people like that in there. It was a, it was an awesome time. We saw Max from the Arkells shout out to my boy, Max, he's always Beauty. doing some fucking. Are we still in this guy fucks episode? Because we, he's yeah, he's the man. And I'm we glad are. that uh, he showed up to the party. Um, you know, he was there doing basically the judging the the skills competition shootout. So um, anytime the NHL involves Max and the Arkells, uh, I'd love to be there because he's the absolute man. Yeah, speaking about this guy fucks, Adam DeMarco, who plays Albie and White Lotus, who I'm going to – up dog, I'm going home to watch a little a little puck tonight. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Lightning because they got shit kicked last night. Florida Panthers, who I took Panthers money line, which was a fucking lock, I thought. Adam DeMarco, who was at our party, is absolutely great kid. Good Ontario boy. Uh, it was fun talking to him about White Lotus and, and just because I'm watching right now and I was just in Sicily. So he's a great kid, too. Yeah. Great kid. He is. Yeah, yeah. And he's, I mean, he's super down to earth. And, um, you know, it was his first big acting gig and they're going to probably win tons of awards. The show is incredible. Christina and I watched it and we, we got through it and we were kind of, we wanted so much more. I don't know if you finished it yet, Shane, but I'm it's on the uh, last episode tonight. The, yeah. The, the, so the you're take that in tonight. Yeah. Arriva Derchi. Arriva Derchi. The best is when I first met him. He's like, I'm like, Hey man, I'm a big fan of your show. Nice to meet you, Shane O'Brien. He's like, Adam, nice to meet you. He's, he's like, so you see my naked ass. I'm like, I, well, I have seen you naked, but I got to be honest, I was looking at the Italian girl mo more than yours, buddy, because she's absolutely <laughs> gorgeous and I have a crush on her. So, but uh, yeah, I guess I did see your naked ass, but and then we just started breaking it down and he talked about, I think you asked him a good question, like, you know, what's it like fucking on camera, right? Like, when people are <laughs> That's all a around, great question. Yeah, yeah, like on a set, you know, you're like, what's it like to be on a yeah. set? And, and like you said, he was really down to earth. Mark from the Arkells, who the fact that he loves, that guy's just 
just chill. Yeah, hey, listen, Max is the man. He's he is so engaging, and he's a star, man. I don't know if you've ever seen the Mobs, but you have to catch them sometime. They're great for the game. Um, and as a good Canadian guy that gives back to to hockey and kids, like they work their balls off. They travel more than anybody, and their logo, the touring band, is exactly what they are. They are out. You know, they are working, you know, 350 days a year um, trying to, you know, share excitement, share their their songs with everyone. And and they do events like this all the time. So when he knew that we were throwing that little shaker, it was like top, top of his list to come by and enjoy some beers with us. So thanks to Max for being an absolute beauty. Speaking of beauties and this guy, Fox, our boy Moods, uh, our former equipment guy in Florida with, with Frosty. It was great to see Moods. Had a great couple stories with them. And my boy B from the Avalanche, the, the PR guy, what a suit on him. Did you see that three-piece he had on? I always see him wearing the best stuff. I see wow. him, you know, even sometimes if you see him behind the bench during an Avalanche game on Altitude TV, you're always like, he's got his glasses on, his hair is just perfect. And perfect. I'm like, this guy's trying to show up Bednar for best dressed abs, <laughs> isn't he? You know what? It's funny you say that. So I was like, hey, how's Bedsy? You know, I, I, me and Updog love him. We love his style. Like, fuck, the guy's the best dressed coach in the game. He's like, who do you think helps him out with that? I'm like. Well, after seeing your suit here, I guarantee you're giving Benzie a couple fashion tips. So it's a team atmosphere at, at the Avalanche and Altitude and everyone with looking sharp, which I respect, Updog. Absolutely, fella. Uh, moving on, Updog. All-Star Milk Carton pre- presented by our good friends at the Bat Blue. Um, ah, I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm going to have to start. I like the All-Star jerseys. Love but, when them. but when they're on TV together, they were both they look the same. Like, yeah, they look the same. So I'm going to put... Just because they look the same, I'm putting the jerseys on the milk curtain and I'm putting the skills competition on there. It's time. I've talked to, you know, we didn't watch a whole lot of it. We watched the whole thing last year in Vegas. We watched a little bit of it this year, but people I talked to at, at our missing curfew party uh, that I talked to that I bumped into after the skills competition, everyone said it's time for a change. Uh, fastest skater, time to go. Kale McCarr blowing an edge like that. What do you think Joe Sackett was doing? He's probably teeing it up over the break, but when he saw McCarr going to the fucking boards, Imagine he would have blew his groin or did like, there's no reason to put these guys in the situation. Listen, they can all skate fast ups. We know it. They're all fast. Get rid of that. Accurate shooting stays. Hardest shot stays. Other than that, it's time to mix it up, eh? I'd agree. And while you're saying this, something just came in my head. Why not the fastest skater? It's an incredible feat to be the fastest skater in the NHL, right? But but the event itself is kind of drawn, you know, the, the boredom and, you know, you don't want to get to see a guy get hurt or whatnot, uh, kind of a waste of time to start off, you know, an all-star skills competition with the fastest skater that takes all this time up, right? Why not during the game track how fast these guys are skating and say when a guy has a puck on his stick, he's going to be tracked. And if he skates the fastest during the game, they'll let someone know and then someone has to beat it. And, and it's like during the game, maybe that just elevates the game itself. Like, okay, when I get the puck, like I got to go, I got to go with it. Anyway, that's just the one little up dog option that I thought about right there. But then, yeah, and by, you know, let's, yeah, I agree with you. And let's be honest, the fastest guy in the NHL is Connor McDavid. I don't care what clock fucking says. I don't. I don't care what that clock yeah. says after the guy goes around the ice. The fastest yeah. guy in the league is Connor McDavid with the puck, without the puck, everything. So, and you make a great point. It's probably a good feather in your cap to say you are the fastest guy in the NHL. I just don't think the risk is worth the reward. No. Um, and Mitch Marner, I feel like I'm I'm always ripping this kid, but but the fucking black skates he wore. I mean, I, I get that you're trying to be cool and 
trying to mix it up, but I just thought they didn't look very nationally either. Did you up? I just, I don't know. I no, feel like I'm always ripping this kid. You know what? I, thought I, I, I didn't like him. I didn't like the white ones and I definitely didn't like the black. Uh, I do like his hands is the moves he was making and the passes, you know, in, in the game that they played uh, the kid, the kid does amazing things on the ice with the puck. I wish one day I could have played with a guy like that. Cause my line mates were definitely not feeding me these biscuits that he kept. Um, but he is, uh, you know, he Lovey's good for the game. I get it. Those hopefully those skates get auctioned off and they go to a good place and, you know, for the kids or whatnot. But there's no way that those are going to be coming back. The only guy that was cool rocking white skates, there was two of them. Sergey Fedorov the and Alex and Alexei Kovalev. They're the only two guys that ever look cool wearing white skates. And that's the, the it has to end there. And I got to give yeah. some love to the bigger and Brian McGrath. The big, oh, the yeah, big, he the bigger ways, yeah. would rock the white jets too. So uh, we'll go better off Kovalev, the bigger, the, the big boy, the bigger. <laughs> um, but you know what? 99 had a lot of good things to say about Marner when we were sitting around there after having a beer, how good of a player he is, how well he sees the ice and all that stuff. Uh, I agree with, I don't love the video game stuff that he talks about. And I didn't like the black skates, but other than that, He's an unbelievable player. And last but not least, next year, the All-Star Game 2024 is in Toronto. Peter Gurgis, if you're listening, will book your restaurant for the Saturday night before or the Friday night before because Updog, we will be having a missing curfew shaker. Shakedown, baby. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be great. And that's exactly where we're having it. I, can I won't ship. be having to climb any ladders and put lights up and put banners up and fill up balloons and throw them in the pool. Uh, but we'll be having a shaker at little, uh, what's this place? The new one place is Mademoiselle. He's got or what's that Mademoiselle, yeah. He's got yeah. two there. Yeah. Let's and then go, our boy baby. Travis, our boy Travis. Uh, maybe we take the after shaker right DFS or something. Listen up, dog. I played a cup. I had half a cup of coffee in Florida. I couldn't help you. I will help you with the Toronto party, my friend. I will be going back through the archives and uh, helping with the guest list. Let's just say that. <laughs> News and notes real quick from last night in the NHL. Flames Rangers, what a game. What you a know, game. We, we were talking about we were talking about Gretz. But we'll miss the physicality. We all miss the physicality. Truba, my boy Weegsy baby, throwing left jackhammers. Never want to see a guy like Codger get hit like that. But that's hockey and fuck, what a game. That is hockey. Uh, I, I mean, I agree. Uh, from, you know, Luch, um, Sammy Blaze doing what he's doing, Luch, everyone running around. Truba is an absolute wrecking ball. I mean, I'd like to say I used to play, you know, 80% of the game with my head down, <laughs> making sure <laughs> I can keep the puck on my stick. This guy would have absolutely steamrolled me. I mean, he he's the NHL's best hitter now. And maybe that's just because no one is going out and doing what he's doing. Big fella. And you watch a lot of hockey, but when you have that type of guy on your team, the amount of room that it creates for guys and the timid play that, you know, it falls into the other team's kind of heads. It's wild. And it's great for the game. I think it's, it's good, hard, clean checks. Kadri, you know, barely missing his head on the ice, which is scary, but that's just a play where you're going to say, guys, if you want to come in my zone and cut to the middle, keep your damn head up, right? Because I'm coming. Exactly. And it was people talking about it on social media, ex-players, media people talking about it. I mean, listen, I don't care what anyone says out there. Our league is super skilled. It's the best I've ever seen it. But everyone loves the physicality. I don't care if you're this 
You love it. Good, clean hits. I don't even care about the fights. In fact, it kind of pisses me off that when a guy gets a clean body check that he has to answer the bell fight because you're allowed to hit in hockey. I get it now. It's the way the game's gone. If someone hits your guy, you're going to fucking jump in there and fight him. But back when we played up dog, if you got hit hard, you didn't have to answer the bell right away. If it was a good, clean hit, take a number, take a number, get him back. Yeah, hundred percent. Or and Obi, to your point, like, or just throw the guys who you know I hit you and I knock you over, and some guy comes and tries to jump me. Boom! That's that ten, five, and two, right? Totally. And you put your teeth down. It should all there should always be an instigator after those big hits. Now you can go up. I can go up. You know, you can come and shake your gloves at me and challenge me. You know, that's 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 a play in hockey that's always been there. Okay. But you can't just go and jump the guy or you're going to get put in the box. And that instigator, you should get the instigator, in my totally. opinion. I agree. I agree. But it was a great game. Weegsy, baby, he's a lefty. He's a lefty. Weegsy can chuck yeah. him. He's got those lefts going at MSG. Fuck, usually the boys when you come from come back from break, though, or me anyways, the first game, if you wanted to get O'Brien on a night where I wasn't going to probably cross-check or touch you very much, it was that first one after All-Star break. I was just like, let's get through this. You know, boys, I'm hurting out yeah. here. Let's just get the fucking boys came back. They were just chucking. Them. I'm like, what'd they do over the break? Yeah. I wonder who like messed up Truba's vacation or something. I bet you he got down to like his place in Cabo and you know, they fucked his room up. He all of a sudden, like, you know, air conditioning didn't work. Food wasn't good. He came back just pissing vinegar because he played like, he played like a man on a mission. And that was like a playoff game to me last night watching that. And I, I was watching it. I mean, I watched the first period with Clarkie and Gretz. And then, and then Clarkie and I were like, holy shit, it's back and forth. There's goals, you know, New York ties it late. It's, it's, it's a hockey game. And that was only there because the level of the intensity picked up uh, shift after shift. And, and it was because of the physical play. So uh, like you said, yeah, I was coming back kind of licking my wounds a few times from all-star break. So I would have been a guy probably turning a few pucks over in the first and then not playing much in the second and third. Like, uh, yeah. This is one, boys. Just don't put it over to the left side here because I'm not going to be able to give it back to you. Yeah, I know. The, the first one after the break, I was always like, less is more ropes. Keep it simple. Shift short. Yeah. Didn't really care how many minutes I played. Wanted the boys to get the, let's get the W, get on the plane, and get the fuck out of here. But that was a great hockey game. And when Truba plays with that physicality up, dog, as you know, last year in the playoffs when he hit Sid and knocked him out of the series, when Truba plays like that, he's an even bigger asset because there's nobody really around the league on the back end as much as it kills me to even say this, that play that way. So it was a great game. Uh, good on Weeks. I think it'll be good for the Flames moving forward, too, that they all came together like that, sticking up for each other. Uh, that could be the turning point where the Flames take off here in the second half. Uh, back up the Briggs truck. Back it up. Feels like we back it up every week for these fucking well, I, kids. Listen, I was going to say, attach a trailer to the back of this today. Holy, like every week these guys are getting paid. Like, yeah. Were they getting paid like this back in the day? I know I wasn't, <laughs> but... Uh, Dylan Strom, five years, 25 bananas. Happy for this kid. Uh, we've got to know his brother a little bit out here. Goes to Washington on a one-year deal. We've both been in that situation. Uh, either a PTO or a one-year deal where you got to go prove yourself. And he's played unbelievable. He gets rewarded up, dog. Uh, I'm happy for Dylan Strom. Back up the brakes truck, fella. Yeah, he's a good player and proven, right? Doesn't work out with one team. And, and I'm telling this to if anyone's listening, <laughs> any of the players, <laughs> Listen, if it doesn't work out with one team, there's fucking 31 others that you can go to, right? Or 30 or whatever the hell it is. But just because one coach screws you over and one GM goes, ah, you were our draft pick. It didn't work out. We fucking flopped. We're moving on. 
You know, you get a chance, you get a new life going to other teams, right? New teammates, new opportunities, take pride in that. For me, it's like, and it happened to me a few times where we, that move gives you another life. And for Dylan Strom, good for him. He took advantage of it. He's playing with great players. The one and only guy that really matters in Washington, I would say right now is, is Ovi, right? If Ovi likes you and you, what you do, you know, you come in and you prove you're a team guy and you feed him one timers and he's getting his goals, you're going to sign for some nice cash. So good for him. I'm pumped. It's, it's good to see these young kids getting paid when they, you know, when they move around and they deserve it. So. I would take all the veteran guys out in Washington for a little team dinner if I was strong, yeah, right? The next road should, trip, yeah. I'd say Ovi, Backstrom, whoever. Come on, boys. Oshie, I got dinner tonight. So congrats to him. Bor Horvat, we've all known what's going on in Vancouver this year and, and a fucking gong show that's going on up there. But he gets traded. He gets rewarded with an eight-year, 68 bananas. Fuck, that's a lot of cheddar up, dog. <laughs> Lou Lamorell, this is weird to me. I, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Lou Lamorella goes, it's yeah, it's too long and it's too much money. Then Horvat comes out today and says, yeah, Lou's right. It is too much money. I'm thinking, well, maybe on Lou's perspective, I get it, because I think you're going to say he's out the door. But if you're Bor Horvat, why would you admit that? <laughs> I don't get that. Well, his agent's probably like, hey, Bo, the ink, hasn't draw, the ink isn't dry yet on the contract. Maybe keep it down. Like To, this, to me, this is weird, Ups. Yeah, uh, who was it? Ron Dugay with Chaser. <laughs> You're lucky I know Serge Savard because yeah, I can yeah. retract this contract. Exactly. Uh, listen, I think maybe I, I'm going to actually say the opposite. I don't know if Bor Horvat is that witty of a guy to really come out and fire this. So I think his agent might have said, "You know what? Did you hear what Lou said in the media? Why don't you just say this and just kind of make it a make it kind of a comedy thing, you know?" Because obviously it's the story everyone's going to run, right? And that's why we're talking about it today. But, you know, good player, first line center in the National Hockey League. That's what they're getting paid, eight, nine million bucks, right? He's a, he's a number one guy that they just traded for uh, with, with the intention to sign him long term. So for me, you know, Lou, Lou is Lou. I, I, I'm not surprised when he says the things he does and we just all kind of accept it and move on. Um, you know, how much longer is he going to be the GM? One year, maybe two. I don't know. Is he done after this year? Maybe. Right? So it's like, yeah, it's a lot of money, but Bo Horvat's a good player, and that's what they're getting paid, and that's the timing of this market right now for these kids who are hitting it, right? So, so Lou, I mean, you had to pay him, Lou, or you traded for a guy that might leave. So that that's like your options. Yeah, and he's got 31 goals right now, Bo. All right, and he is the number one center right now. Right now, their lineup goes Bailey, Horvat, Barzell, Lee, Nelson, Palmieri, <laughs> and then, holy fuck, Zach Parisi. He's still kicking, <laughs> eh? Like, shouldn't he be down at a Discovery playing golf or something? Yeah, he should My be. point being is he's got 31 goals right now, Bor Horvat. How many is he going to finish with? Can he go in there? Listen, the Vancouver Canucks, the way they played under Bruce Boudreau, and I, and I don't know if it was Bruce's fault, or they went one way and one way only. Now, Bor Horvat is a good two-way center. He's probably a complete, he's a complete player. Yep. But... It's not going to get 50. It's not going to get 20 more there. Not in my opinion. I bet she finishes with 43 goals or something. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it happens. If he gets him in the playoffs, it'll be worth the money. But to me, it's going to be a lot harder scoring goals there, up dog, than it was for the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, but Obi, I just think that that $8 million mark is where, you know, most teams are going to have to step up and pay these guys, even if you get 40 goals, right? If you're 40 goals in the prime um, those prime years of your career hitting free agency, 
and you've already moved like substantial pieces to get him, you got to make, you know, you got to make a move and prove that your team wants him. Now, you don't prove that by the comments after you sign him, but you prove it by, you know, stepping up and handing him a bag of cash. And that's exactly <laughs> what they did. So, um, no, you know, whether he got eight and a half from them, he was getting it this summer with 43 goals or, or 53 goals, I think. He's not getting 50. If Horvat scores 50, fuck. I'll, uh, I don't know what I'll do, but I, I don't think he's going to get 50, but he's, he's a great player. They need one more guy. If Luke yeah. can go out and get your old boy, Vladimir Tarasenko, and now you, you bump Paul Mary down to your third line and you want to play Nelson Lee and Vladdy on, the, on his wrong side, on the right side, now to me, or then you go Tarasenko, Horvat, Barzell, Lee, Nelson, Paul Mary, or Bailey. But if you go out and get a Vladimir Tarasenko, now I think they got something cooking in the island. Yeah, well said. And I think Vladdy, I mean, we saw him and I got to give him a hug at the All-Star He's game. He's a tank, by the way. Huh? He's a tank. He's a tank. That's his nickname. Tank. Yeah. He's a tank. I never knew he was that thick. He is thick, buddy. Yeah, and like not, not when fat, you run like in, just When you run into him or you try to like contain him on a wall in practice, he is, he is pushing through you like an absolute ox. Um. And then he, if he ever gets the puck in a shooting position, I mean, you see how well he shot the puck over his career. It's, it's insane. And he would be a guy that, that would, could drastically change the look of your lineup going into the playoffs. And, and for them right now with Lou's last year, what does he have to lose? The thing is, you're going to move a piece, <laughs> not, right? To get not, anymore, not anymore hair. That's for sure. He's lost but all yeah, his hair. Yeah, I yeah. saw his interview. I was like, fuck, Lou, you don't got, I mean, I got a little monkey bump going, but yeah, Lou, the stress of being a GM over the years, yeah. he's not going to lose any more hair. That's for sure. <laughs> I know. So, but Vladdy, listen, he's going to be a big addition to whoever's pick, you know, who's ever kind of ready to cherry pick him and he can drastically move, you know, move the needle for where your team needs to go, especially the Island. How boring are they to watch when they don't score goals? It's back. It's like back and forth, dump it in chase. Barzal's an incredible player, but he never shoots the puck. And it's like, it's just a fucking merry-go-round over there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think GM's, if you're Doug Armstrong and Lou Lamoureux, two veteran GMs, I don't know. That's to me something might get done there. So last but not least, Dylan Cousins, seven years, 49 bananas. I mean, these, these guys are buff. Like, they're all young. They're all fucking rich now. And they're starting to come. I mean, to me, I'm interested to see what Kevin Adams does at the deadline. You know, you got to bring, I think they got to bring some kind of veteran presence to this young hockey club here if they really want to get in. But all these guys are now got contracts. They're all playing well. Uh, I don't know, man. It's got to be fun to be a Buffalo Sabre right now. I mean, Chippewa Street, go down there, have a good time, couple chicken wings, couple of bat blue. I don't know. This team's heading in the right direction, and these kids, they deserve this money up because they're all legit players, and they've paid their dues, and now they're starting to come. Yeah, and speaking of paying their dues, the fans of Buffalo have definitely paid their dues, so it's about Fuck time yeah. that they're going to get a great product on the ice and that these young kids, you know what, lock them in. And tell them that it's on them now. Add a few pieces. Add some veteran guys as the, as the seasons go on. But they're going to have a, a big shot when the Tampa Bay Lightning of the Worlds and the New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs of the Worlds maybe have to change their, you know, their makeups over the next three, four years with their guys, their older guys leaving, guys getting paid. Buffalo's got that good young core. Uh, it, it's, been, it's been a bloodbath for, <clears throat> for a while there and a lot of painful years. But now it looks like they're on the right track, like you said, Obi, and they play some exciting hockey, and it's great for the game. 
Back up the brakes, Chuck. Congrats to all those boys. Fuck, as Walt Kachuk said about his kids, he's jealous of them. I'm jealous of all those guys getting all those bananas up, dog. So the rumor mill presented to you by our good friends at Canadips promo code Curfew Cali. I was handing out lip boomers to Josh Morrissey. I gave him six or seven tins. Hand them out to all kinds of other all-stars. I was flipping lip boomers to everyone. So uh, we're doing our part here at Missing Curfew for the Canadips. Jonathan Taves. I've heard his name linked to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, wow. You know, hometown boy. I don't know. I just heard that up, dog. To me, I've always thought Colorado would be the place for him as a second-line center. But Winnipeg Jets, man, if you can add Jonathan T- I mean, down the middle, they got Shifley, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Adam Lowry. I don't even know. They got If you add up Jonathan Taves there, it's, it's some deep, deep sentiment. Yeah, and that's – you know what it takes to win in the playoffs. The championship teams that go through, they have – they have big bodies, guys that have been there before, veteran guys. What better veteran with, you know, three cups, captain three cups under his belt and a little hockey left to give playing in his hometown with, you know, with a team that's been on the up and up this year, right? Playing well, playing good at home. Have a defenseman in Morrissey who's having a Norris Trophy year. You got Hallibuck in net who's, who's you need a good goalie to go through the playoffs. Um, and what better rental to have than a guy like Taves, bud? So that's, that rumor, that rumor mill, that might be a nice little, uh, nice little missing curfew bump there, bud. Yeah, how about it, bud? And listen, Morrissey, the kid's a beauty, right? Came by, came by the set. His interview will be coming out later this this month. Loves the lip boomers. Good kid. We talked about Bonesy. I love Rick Bonus. I love the Earls in Winnipeg. I'm on board. Fuck it. I want to see the Jets go. Let's go. I might put a little future on them. I don't know. I'm gonna have to check the odds on DraftKings, but uh, if they pick up Taves, that'd be huge for them. Shout out to our boy, Dave Panyota. We saw him in, in Florida. <laughs> he was fucking hurt in the morning. We had our little set, the rock bar. He came in. He's just like, I'm like, fella, get yourself an IV. But Patty Kane, uh, Dave Panyota, has said the New York Rangers and the Dallas Stars are involved. Uh, how about Pete DeBoer chirping me down in the, down the dressing room? Hey, Pete's yeah, like, that was great. Yeah, Pete's like, hey, Obi, uh, you played in one of these games, didn't you? I was like. Ah, I was one injury away, coach. One injury away. So, <laughs> listen, Patty came to the Dallas Stars. To me, our boy Billy Quinn, I could get on board with that. Yeah. I, I don't know if the Rangers will see, but the Dallas Stars, I'm on board with that. Billy Quinn could watch him play every night. We want Dallas to do well. We like Pete DeBoer. I mean, the Mavericks just got Kyrie Irving, so why couldn't the Stars get Patty Kane? Yeah, good point, man. And, uh, no taxes. No taxes. You no know, been, been a divisional opponent for a long, long time. Uh, they've had some good battles over the years. I could see it. I could see 88 rocking in that Dallas green, that victory green that they got. And, uh, you know, they got some winners over there. Those guys, like you said, there's going to be changes in the next couple of years of the way these teams have looked, especially to you and me. Obi's been in the league forever. Now we're out of it. But these guys that we played against, they're getting older. The Jamie Benz, you know, the Sagans, the Pavelskis, these guys are, you know, they're locked and loaded right now. Can they add a piece like that to maybe push for one last, maybe two more, two more runs? The Dallas Stars seem like the perfect team for that. I'll tell you what, 100%. I'll tell you what, though. If I'm Jack Eichel, I'm calling, I'm texting Patty Kane saying, fella, listen, get out here now. If, if you're Brad McCrimmon of the Vegas Golden Knights, I would not be waiting any much longer to pull the trigger here, right? Stoner's going on long-term IR. If you could put, like right now, what I'm seeing here at the Vegas Golden Knights is Jack Geico's playing with Marcia Schall and Paul Cotter. 
No disrespect to this Paul Cotter kid. I've watched him play all year. He's a third liner. Yeah. You know, so if you look at Vegas and Ikes and these guys, it's like, you know, to me, I got money on Vegas going to the fucking Stanley Cup, win the Stanley Cup. It's not okay. looking good right now. But to me, Patty Kane would be a good fit there as well. Ups. Like, I just don't think Vegas should be waiting around to make this deal if it's a possibility. Yeah, but, but buddy, I think the only holdback here and after talking to people like, you know, in and around the, the Chicago Blackhawks is, is Patty Kane, like, is he healthy enough for someone to invest in him right now, right? Because does he, you know, do you sign this guy or not? Sorry, sign. Do you trade for this guy now and he comes in and you see him and you're like, fuck, man, your hip's pretty banged up or you're, you know, is it your groin or your back or whatever the case may be? Is Patty Kane the Patty Kane that's going to be able to blast through the next 30 games and have a playoff run, right? Like he's, he's 35 years old, though. He's, you know, he's not as fresh as he once was. And I don't think he's, he's battling hard. Like you watch him in games, he's still, he's out there pushing and battling. And I think the people around him know that he's, he's doing this with some injury, but you know, you, you hear everyone talk about like, you, do you make the trade? Is he healthy? You know, I just always go back to when I got traded for Forsberg fella, like, you know, I was traded with a first round pick to Philly and Peter had only played 20 games that year. He had a bad foot and he went to Nashville and his foot was like, okay, he wasn't a hundred percent. And then it is because of his foot being screwed up. Obes, he messes up his abs and he doesn't even get to play for them in the playoffs. So like the little things like that, you kind of got to, there are these intangibles that the GMs have to look at before making big moves. And, and that to me is a behind the scenes look in and maybe what's happening here. Totally. You know, we're, you know, they're getting a little long in the tooth and it's an official rebuild in Chicago when Patty Kane's minus 26 and Jonathan Taves is minus 24. I mean, that is to me, I know plus minus isn't the most accurate stat and I think it's a bad stat deep down, but you know, listen, Patty's not having a Patty year, nine goals, 25 assists, 34 and 45 is plus minus whatever. I was just joking with the up dog about that, but I, I don't know. I think, you got to do your due diligence, like you said, about the injury, but you go to a new team. Maybe you get to play with a Jack Eichel, a younger American war player, and, and Ikes is looking to put a stamp on his career. Maybe Patty comes in there and helps him. I think Dallas is also intriguing. It'll be interesting, Uppy. As we get closer to the, to the deadline here, uh, we will keep the rumor mill going, which was presented by Candidips promo code, promo code Curfew Cali, Lip Boomers, fella. DraftKings, lock of the night. Uh, brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings, promo code CurfewKings. Check out the app. Do the fantasy. I don't know what's going on with the top titty up, Doug. I want to bring it back. We're not done with the top titty. I'm, uh, I'll tell you that. We're not done. No, we're not done. We're not done. We're bringing it back. It, so do we. Yeah, we're bringing it back. And it's going to be in full force. It'll be top titty 2.0, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I'm trying to, for you fellas out there listening that play top titty, I'm trying to sweeten the pot. So maybe reach out to us on your DM. How much do you want to bet? I said 20 bucks. Right now, entry freeze three bucks. To me, that's minor league. Uh, you know, we gamble responsibly, but that's minor league to me. We got to bump that up <laughs> to at least 10 bucks. Makes the makes the prize money more important. Like fantasy football this year. We, we, we made it, you know, worth our while. You pay more attention. You want to play. You feel like you win something. So reach out to us in our DMs. If 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever you want to play for in top titty, but DraftKings Saturday night, lock of the night up, dog. You were seven and three. I am eight and four. Uh, I'm going to go first up, dog. You take a peek at what you want to do. I'm going to go first here. A lock of the week. I'm trying to go. I, I don't want to pick one that's minus 400 like I did last time. So I'm going to try to keep it. 
a little more in play, but at the same time, I need a win. Um, I'm going to take. Wow. I'm going to take. I got the young, rich, horned up Buffalo Sabres over the Calgary Flames, which will be near the end of the road trip for the Flames. I'm thinking they'll be a little tired. Buffalo at home against the Flames. Lock of the night. I like it, bud. I like it. Look, I'm going to take the Colorado Avalanche going into Florida, South Florida, right where we were. They're going to be going in looking for that nice tan. I'm taking the Colorado Avalanche on the road against the Panthers, fella, fella. That's funny because I was between. I almost took the Panthers over the Avs, and then I went to Buffalo. So I was going to go the other way on that, which could be good for you, but I'm starting. To, my luck's starting to turn a little up, dog. But you were sitting at 7-3. and three. I'm at 8-4. and four. I got the young, rich, horned-up Buffalo Sabres against the Flames. Updog's got the defending champs going in against the Panthers. Uh, last but not least, Updog, there was a report that came out that the NHL ratings are down 22% this year. You know, to me, it makes sense, Uppy. I've talked to you a lot about this on our podcast. The league, to me, feels watered down this year. I think it has a lot to do with the hard cap. Um, we've talked about Gary Bettman a lot. I, you know, I have respect for Gary Bettman. There's some stuff I obviously regarding the lockout, but we played that I don't like. In my opinion, it might be time for a new young commissioner, but there has to be something done because the game to me this year, it hasn't been as good as it can be. And I think those numbers are accurate. Some people are saying they're not. I think the physicality, I think the horse shit penalty calls come into play at this. People are sick of watching these ticky tack calls. But no good for anyone with 22% viewership down, if that is accurate. Yeah, listen, um, I watched that, just for example, I watched Calgary and New York last night. And if you were someone, you know, changing channels and flicking through and you see this game come on, right? You're like, okay, Calgary, New York, Ranger game at MSG. And you happen to see some of these highlights in, say, the, you know, the two minutes you have the game on. And they replay a highlight of Truba absolutely smashing the guy. And then, you know, Zabanajad's goal top shelf. You're like, wow, this is exciting. This is this is intense. This is what I want to watch on my Wednesday night. Hey, guys, like, are you guys watching the, you know, you hit up your buddies, tune into this game right now. It's happening. The physical play needs to be there. The game needs to be high pace, physical play. It's, it's what the game has always been. It's what the most exciting part of the game is now. Find a way to highlight that to the guys. The commissioner. Yes, he's been there 30 years. I, yeah. I said this on my Twitter the other day. Who stays in their own position for 30 years? Wow, doesn't he want to eventually, do something else? There needs, eventually, there needs to be some, you know, some different ideas bringing, brought to the table, some new relationships brought in. Um, you know, yes, he's done well for the owners, right? They always win these collective bargaining agreements. Like We, we know that firsthand. Yeah, we um, But when you say the hard cap, waters down the league and that teams who get pushed up against it are forced to, you know, bring in East coast league guys, you know, and they can't play. They're forced to not play some guys because they're over the cap. There needs to be a tax, you know, implementation in there. Um, they got to find a way to do that. They got to continue to surround themselves with entertainment, right? Entertainment sells, bring bands in, have entertainment at these all-star games and, you know, bringing it around celebrities and experiences for fans. And we want to have these young kids wanting to be hockey players, wanting to watch hockey, wanting to be hockey players. And we, we just need to continue to grow. It's what the game's always been. And, and we can't slow down. We got to keep going. So 
Yeah. I don't and, know if and, I'm running around in and, circle and for, here. and for those people that are like, well, then this, the best teams will be the best teams. The richest team will be the richest teams. Well, here we go in the West. Anaheim, Arizona, San Jose, 7th, 8th, 9th. Those are three small market teams that are shit with the hard cap. So to me, you know, that's the argument there. And then out East, you got Columbus, you know, Montreal probably wouldn't be where they were without it. And then Ottawa, you know, Philadelphia, and Detroit are bigger markets. But what I'm saying up dog is that I don't think if you bring a luxury tax in, it's just going to be, you know, the powerhouses. And by the way, what's wrong with the powerhouses being good? You want Toronto to be good. You want New York to be good. You want Montreal to be good. You want Chicago to be good. You want Dallas to be good. Like you want the big market teams to be good. It's just the world we live in. And when you have this hard cap, in my opinion, it's watering down the game, especially the third and fourth lines. There's guys that are playing the league right now that should be down in the fucking banana league. And you sent out your tweet about, you know, the streaming and, you know, we talk about NHL TNT's done a great job. We need more stuff between periods that are better before the game that are better. Draw some eyeballs to people that will be entertained that tune in to watch the game and then our product's got to be better. But I just think, I think ESPN could be doing a better job. Uh, I think sports set up home could be doing a better job and all, and, and the game has to be better. And I think without the hard cap, it would. So time will tell. I love the NHL. It's been great to me and you. I want to see it succeed. Basically what I'm saying is give the up dog and Obes the fucking job. Hey, eh, ups, give us the <laughs> fucking job. Eh? We'll get the, we'll get the numbers up fella. I mean, yeah, no, and to your point, it's, it's, how do we create more ways to storytell about how amazing our, our game is and yeah. how amazing these players are and how amazing the cities are that they play in and the experiences in and around the teams. And you, you got to share these stories on, on television somehow, but the young people aren't television watchers. They're, they're on their tablets. They're on their phones. How do you maximize that? Right. Totally. And, and then with the luxury tax and the salaries, I think will go up and guys like McDavid will be instead of making 12, he'll be making 20. And I, I don't know. I just think it's something to look into. Uh, up dog. What's up tonight, buddy? Where are you heading in old West Palm? You taking a night off or are you keeping it? Are you keeping it rocking? Buddy, I'm keeping it rocking. We got a nice little dinner with our boy, Richard, who uh, played golf with us yesterday. Our Swede Richard. He's got, um, He's got a nice little Swedish establishment here that we're going to go check out. I got Billy Quinn landing with Marty Turco and a couple buddies of theirs from Dallas. Nice. I'm in charge of this dinner tonight, bud. I got 10 guys, 7.30. I said, don't be late or I'm going to, you know, order all the appies and eat them myself and I'll be already two, three old fashions in before they get there. So uh, I'm excited to see our boy, Billy Quinn, and uh, excited to get back out at the Grove tomorrow. It'll be an amazing day. You're a machine, buddy. I'm going home. I'm leaving here. I'm going home. And I'm fucking not leaving the couch. I'm watching hockey, and then I'm watching a River Derchi White Lotus. So, up dog, <laughs> you the man. Thanks for everything over the fellow tour, Hall Pass Media, Maxi Binger wasn't there. Fucking Binger's fine. Ah, uh, that was missing curfew. Bala. Uh,